This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli. I'm so excited for today's episode, but first, I want to give you a little bit of background on today's guest of the show. Her name is Julie Williams, and I know we all have that friend or those friends who are in our inbox. We talk to them every day. They feel like a close friend, but somehow we've never met. Julie is that person for me. She is a licensed esthetician and spa owner located in Philadelphia. She specializes in corrective skincare and eyelash extensions. Julie also currently sits as the vice chair of Glymed Plus's Unity Advisory Committee, where she helps to bring more representation and knowledge to the aesthetics community. By working with the committee, she helps to bring awareness to the importance and need for more understanding around how to treat skin color and working with darker Fitzpatrick types, as well as diversifying the faces that often occupy the majority of well-known leaders in this industry. Julie hopes to inspire new solo estheticians to really hone in on their skill set and build a brand that represents who they are and who they want to be in this vast industry. In this episode, we talk opening a spa, attracting new clients and client retention, CBD, all things Glymed Plus, and so much more. Relax and enjoy your treatment. Hi guys, welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli, and I am here with a longtime Instagram pen pal and friend, Julie Williams. I'm so excited to introduce her. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'll I'll stop geeking out by the end of the podcast, so so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. You're so cute. We're so excited to have you. Tell us a little bit about you and your business and the services that you offer. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Julie, Julie Williams. I currently reside in Philadelphia. Um, I am born and raised here. So this is my city through and through. Um, So funny thing, aesthetics is actually a second career for me. Uh, Prior to this, I was actually a flight attendant for many years. And even that was like totally out of the blue because I went to college for criminal justice. So I've had kind of a long journey here. And I love to tell that story because a lot of people think that, you know, you had to start at like 18 to become successful or whatever. But I started at 25 and it's only been going up from here. So um, I originally started out doing lash extensions. That's how I got uh, into the industry. And then I kind of fell in love with skincare and I started seeing, you know, all the different brands and I just wanted to get more involved in learning ingredients and what exactly could help my personal skin because I had a huge issue um, with acne, adult acne, and I had never dealt with that. So my own skin journey and seeing other people struggling kind of catapulted me back into skincare, uh, which I hadn't really touched on since school. So now my main focus is mostly educating on skincare, but I still do dabble in lash extensions. Oh my gosh. I didn't know we had so many parallels with aesthetics as a second career and 
loving skincare and having adult acne. Mm -hmm. That's exactly my journey too. And it's just, I love hearing how people find aesthetics even after going to school for something else. I think it's really cool and refreshing for, you know, young Estes to hear. It doesn't have to be like this perfect straight path. I mean, it's great if it is for you and you can start early, but exactly like you said, it can, you can become an esthetician whenever it feels right and whenever you want to. Yeah, totally. As long as you have the passion, you know? As long as you have the passion. Yeah. So it started for you with loving skincare and and working on your own skin and your own acne. Mm-hmm. And then how did, how did your business evolve from there? Now you're obviously a spa owner, a new business owner. How did you get there? So um, since I started out as um, a lash tech, I feel like it was at that time, it was probably around 2000, end of 2016, 2017, people were just finding out about lash extensions or they were just becoming really popular in my city. There had been some places Mm -hmm. that had been doing it for a long time, but it was so ridiculously expensive at that time because nobody was really doing it. So coming in, um, I felt like it was a little bit hard because I definitely had to educate people on what lash extensions were, teaching them the difference between strip lashes and the cluster lashes and what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, considering like I was working at a lash salon at the time as a receptionist, I think I definitely had a leg up um, because I was being so highly educated from where I was working. I worked at one of the best lash salons in the city, one of the the first lash salons in the city too. So um, I definitely got lucky there. I learned from an amazing team and I kind of saw the ins and outs because they had actually just uh, acquired the entire space that we were in. So I got to watch the girls really from the ground up build the business. So that also gave me a leg up, you know, in terms of having a business mind. So once I learned from them, I started working on my own. I turned my second bedroom into a little studio and I just threw it out there to my friends. I was like, if anybody wants to come and let me practice on them, I won't charge you. And uh, one of my friends, she came to me and she's actually a nurse. So nurses, you know, they were masks, they were wearing masks before the pandemic from work. So a lot of times they'd be like, oh, I look so, you know, blah all the time. I just want to spruce it up a little bit. Right. So gave her some extensions. She went to work. And then the next thing I know, my book was filling up with all of her coworkers. Like I hadn't even made an Instagram yet. I didn't have a booking system yet. I was just writing things down old school. Like, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I think that's incredible to hear because we were just talking talking about this before the podcast, but I think a lot of young Estes or just in general were like immersed in Instagram, right? And it's like, you look to your left, you look to your right. Somebody has got like fancier equipment, way more followers than you. And I, I mean, I'm guilty of this too. Like sometimes I think my business isn't adequate because I'm not this huge influencer yet. And can you just touch a little bit on on how you grew your clientele and how it grew organically. Because yes, I think social media, obviously so important. That's why I'm on every platform, (laughs) but it's not everything. 
Yeah. And it really wasn't anything when I started, you know what I mean? Like nobody was really using Instagram for business. Like they hadn't even come out with their business profile and all the features yet. So it was kind of just starting to become a thing when I got into the industry. So honestly, good old fashioned word of mouth. And I can't emphasize enough how important it is to stay loyal to the clients that come to you and give them incentives first and foremost, before you jump to Instagram and start paying for promotions or putting up giveaways and stuff like that give back to the people who are paying you first. So I started running, you know, double referral promotions. If, you know, you got a client who booked a full set in the month, I'd give you, you know, 30% off or something like that. And that way it gave people more incentive to give me quality clients too, which matters more than anything. Yes. And I kind of want to touch yes. a little with what you mentioned about Please. the followers. It is like a lot of people who have many, many followers, a lot of their followers are other estheticians or other beauty professionals. That does not mean that because they have 80,000 followers that 80,000 people are paying them. You know, they could have a book of only 10 people for all we know, but just because they're, you know, they're booming on Instagram doesn't mean that they're making more money than you or that they're more successful than you. So definitely for new SEs who are just getting out there, figure out what your priority is. Like if you want to become an influencer and you want to start, you know, getting paid for promotion. Etc. Then yeah, you can focus on that. But if you want to build a solid, consistent book, then focus on your clients, the people that are walking in and out of your doors every day. Oh, oh yes. Okay, that is such a good point, and I it makes me a little bit like nervous because I do get now that the esthetician influencer thing is a thing. I get a lot of questions like, how do you become that? And I just want to put the emphasis on exactly what you mentioned, Julie, about quality of care and taking care of your existing people. Because like if I if I just focused on promoting whatever, you know, eye patches I just posted on my Instagram, which is a great fun thing about what I do, and it's it's cool. But if I just like if that's all it was, my first of all, my passion would die tomorrow. Like I would post the picture and it wouldn't be anything to propel you forward. What's going to propel you forward is having those meaningful relationships with people, having them love you and rave about you and be eager to come back to you and tell your friends. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I want to just always bring it back to the relationship people have with their clients and giving if you give excellent quality of care, those followers will come. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because they'll start sharing your profile with their friends or coworkers and not for nothing. Like let's not, you know, forget about good old fashioned footwork. I live and I've always worked in one of the busiest areas of my city. I have no shame in walking to different businesses, especially all the boutique gyms that are popping up everywhere. Um, I have a ton of Pilates girls, uh, coaches for clients, you know, I've got boxing coaches, like you name it. I walked into every single gym on my block. I walked into all of the little boutique stores. I handed out flyers. I gave incentives. I said, hey, if you get like three of you girls to come in, I'll consistently, I'll give you guys a group discount. Um, I'm a huge networker. So any little um, art crawl or, you know, anything like that, that happened in the neighborhood, I was signing up to attend to that. Um, join your mm. your city's local commerces, your cha- or sorry, the chamber of commerces in your local city. Like there are so many ways to get that face-to-face connection with people and it'll make them like you even faster because they get to see who you, you are not through the lens of social media. Totally. Okay. And I have a question because this isn't my expertise. I don't have like a physical, um, 
suite or spa or anything like that. Can you tell us more about your process in deciding on your location and like act like I know you're going through all of your process of of um, getting your place set up right now and getting your flooring in. Can you talk a little bit about like that experience and actually choosing a location and uh, just turning it into the business? Oh yeah, absolutely. So for for me, it kind of there wasn't really a choice. <laughs> I have always worked in this area, literally on multiple blocks. Okay. We have a street called Walnut Street in Philadelphia, and it expands from Broad Street, which is considered, I guess, Street One, all the way to the river, which is all the way in the western part of the city. So I've always worked on Walnut Street. Now a short portion of that is in our downtown area. So from 15th to 16th to 17th, like I've worked in every aspect. So all of my clients are down in this area. Most of them are in walking distance or work in the area. So I definitely knew that I needed to stay in the area. The issue, however, is this is the most expensive area of our city. And unfortunately, in my state, booth rental, I think we are the only state that booth rental isn't legal. So I felt like my back was up against a wall because it's not like I could just walk into another business and ask you know, for a room there. So it was definitely hard. So I had to say, Sit down and really do some number crunching about what I could afford and also take into the consideration mm-hmm. that I could price myself a little bit higher because I'm in the area and my clients want that convenience of me staying here. So I am mm-hmm. a straight shooter always. I straight up ask my clients like, hey, I'm going to have to raise my prices to stay here. Like, are you willing to, to, to do that? And they, nobody gave me a problem. Like they were like, yes, girl, like yeah. as long as we can keep yes. coming to you, we don't care, like do your thing. And that in itself gave me, you know, the confidence I needed to uh, start really looking at some spaces. So um, I know that mm-hmm. in the future I want to get more into like the medical spa world of bringing on a medical director, et cetera. So that was something that I considered when I was looking for buildings too. So I actually ended up in one of our medical towers down here where um, there's tons of therapists, acupuncturists, other you know spas and uh, service providers. So I was excited to be in a space um, with some people who were in the same industry too. So I wasn't quite alone, you know? in like the commercial rental or the commercial real estate world is a whole different ball game from like, you know, your residential realty. So I had to educate myself on that. And luckily I found a local um, esthetician who was willing to mentor me a little bit through that process. So another piece of advice, like you got to humble yourself sometimes and ask for help. So I totally slid into her DMs and was like, (laughs) I don't know if this is appropriate, but could you possibly help me? Like, and she was more than happy to, she called me. um, She gave me amazing advice to get a commercial real estate attorney, which was probably the best thing I could have done um, because she totally advocated for me, got me everything I needed. So it's, it's, I could go on and on about this, but all in all, like I would say, just like protect yourself and think about the demographic Mm. of the clients that you want to attract and search in those areas. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Do you have any specific advice for somebody? Because this is somebody, a friend of mine who I'm thinking of, they just opened their doors. They've priced their services very low and they're getting pushback from people about like just financial things. Like for example, like giving, giving that deposit up front and just the overall cost of services, what would what would your advice be for somebody who's struggling with not even raising their prices, just like attaining the bare minimum? Yeah, I mean, I would 
I mean, I would definitely say that your prices should always match your area, but also should match your skill set. So if you feel confident in the level of service and the quality of products that you're using, you are like, you, you got to eat that sometimes, you know what I mean? Because you will eventually mm-hmm. attract people who are willing to pay. So maybe instead of focusing on those clients, start putting a little bit of money towards marketing and advertising in the area, running a Instagram campaign um, or a Facebook uh, ad or something. So you are attracting uh, local businesses. Okay. And something else that I could highly recommend is get to know other businesses in your area and make friends with them because they will recommend you to their clients. So sometimes it's more so about switching your focus to expanding your network to be able to attain those type of clients than it is fixing your stuff. Because what you don't want to become is I call it the special lady, the people who are just always throwing out specials left and right, because you're going to end up shooting yourself Uh in the foot in the long run. And um, personally for me, my time is everything. And I do not mind giving my time to, you know, good clients. So a way that I can incentivize people sometimes is instead of offering a discount, I'll offer them, you know, a little something extra that doesn't cost me any money, you know, so like a little, maybe I'll throw in a free microcurrent, you know, treatment for, you know, whatever mm-hmm. service they book or something that's not going to, you know, cost me any more overhead or product uh, that is just going to yes. be giving my time. And eventually when they see the quality of work that you put out, they'll, they'll stop complaining. I promise. <laughs> Ooh, Julie, Julie, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I too am not a discount person. And I think we are also in such an era of like, there's always a discount code, but people just don't realize like these, this is our, our labor and our small business, especially in a crazy time. And it's just like, I personally don't, don't give discounts. And I think sometimes people ask because I don't know, it's just assumed and they think you need their, their business and their time, which you do. But once you cater to that, your time becomes less valuable. Mm -hmm. They don't see your worth and, and prioritize your worth. So I, from the get-go with my business, I actually started saying no to to discount codes or even referrals for discount codes because it's sending the message like I'm desperate to just get people in. Mm-hmm. And you're cheapening and, yourself. And I'm willing, exactly. I'm willing to compromise my worth. I would rather honestly give a really awesome service, even if it's just two a day and have my entire attention devoted and know that person wants to invest in their skin and have less people. And my energy and my time is is valuable. And that is just the way I know I can stay sustainable in my business. If I start bringing my prices down to to make everybody happy, I'm not going to make myself happy. And it's just not going to be a long-term plan for success. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel like with the more discounts you give, it's like, it becomes an expectation and that's what you kind of want to avoid. Or you don't want people sharing that. Oh, like, yeah, they'll give you a discount code or you can kind of press them for a discount code. So what I do instead is I spend more time sharing what I'm, because sometimes clients think we're over here making a million dollars, you know, just because we charge X amount for a service. But instead what I do is I show where I'm putting my money. Like I'm showing my studio progress. So my clients are seeing that like, you know, I paid for everything out of pocket. I haven't taken any business loans, nothing. So personally, yeah, I'm like, you know, okay. But you know, my business is more important right now because that's my investment. So I have, you know, really sat in the house and I've been saving, et cetera. But my clients see that, you know, I'm putting 
that money to use right now. And then they also see the amount of trainings that I'm taking. So they know that I'm not just over here BSing and charging a ridiculous price for no reason. I'm also not a great salesperson, mm-hmm. so I hate having to talk people up for more services. Like, you know, oh, you could really mm-hmm. use this treatment. It's mm-hmm. going to be this much extra. Like, I'm in the middle of a facial. I'm relaxing. I don't want to hear about how much more <laughs> I need to pay. So what, oh, no, no. <laughs> so what I did was I no, upped I my agree. prices to match, you know, what I wanted mm. to do. So now I have, you know, my custom facial starts at whatever give the client whatever I think they need in that first facial and I'm protecting myself you know by charging a flat rate also able to give them you know an amazing facial and they never will complain again they'll be like that was amazing more than I've ever gotten for like you know $200 facial and they'll keep coming back I think that is so smart building building it in to your price so that I mean no matter what they leave happy and just thinking that was absolutely like above and beyond. They're not thinking about like the 10 or $15, but if you're asking that in a facial, it's just, Hey, it's like killing the vibe. Mm-hmm. And like, you're bringing up money when the, it's like they're, it's almost rude. Cause it's like they're relaxing exactly. experience. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like nobody wins in that regard. No, I totally agree. Something I want to touch on with you because I know you also offer Glymed Plus and you are involved with them. Can you touch on, well, A, for one, like how did you decide on that? Because I think a lot of SDs want to know how do you, that's a big decision, like bringing in a product line. How did you decide on that? Yeah. So when I uh, started out, my business kind of came from the whole quarantine and pandemic thing. I was working at um, a spa prior to this part-time doing facials and we used a certain line there. We used um, Environ and It's Clinical and Sunita's and I loved all of the products, but unfortunately, you know, at starting out, I couldn't afford those lines, you know, coming right out with opening orders, et cetera. And I wasn't doing as many facials at the time. So I didn't want the product to just expire, you know, on my shelf. So what I did was I went on Facebook and I joined like 20 different Facebook groups for estheticians. And uh, a little tip and trick for you all is I went in the search bar and I just typed in like new products or best product line. And I went through and I read every single comment. Now I will give you a little, you know, warning, you can get very lost and every esthetician likes different lines for different reasons. So you kind of have to remove the personal opinions and just kind of look at the facts. So Glymed was one of the lines that I had seen mentioned the most because of their no opening order and because of the incentives of, you know, them giving back products. If you spend X amount in a month, the amount of training that they offered for free and, you know, all of that was very important to me um, as a solo esthetician, I needed some support, you know, since I no longer had my old boss to rely on and my, my old coworkers to ask questions with anymore. So I started poking around on their website. Now I'm not going to sugarcoat, like, you know, Glymed had some publicity uh, issues this past summer and I was starting right around the time that all of that happened. So when my rep called me, that was the first question I asked, because again, I'm just a straight shooter like that. So I asked, you know, I'm hearing X, Y, and Z that's going on. What is the company doing you know, about this, because I'm not part of that whole cancel culture. I don't believe in that. Like, I want to hear from the horse's mouth what's going on before I just listen to social media. So, you know, to put a company on the spot like that, a lot of people might be a little afraid, you know, they're like, Oh, can I ask that? Yes, you can absolutely ask a question like that. Because you want to make sure that the brand that you're, you know, um, bringing on represents you as well. 
So, you know, my rep went into great detail about that. And she told me about a program that they were starting the unity advisory board and was like, if you'd be interested in joining that, I can send you the information. So I was like, absolutely. Because if, you know, we're asking for seats at a table as a person of color, you know, as an esthetician of color, we're asking for seats at tables that we have, we haven't had access to. And if you're offering it to me, of course, I'm going to take it, you know? (laughs) So I'm not one to complain and not do something about it. So I wasn't going to be one of those people ragging on them and not getting involved when they gave me the option to. So um, I joined on, I am the vice chair of their unity advisory board right now. And that itself has brought me so much. Congratulations. Thank you. That itself has brought me a wealth of knowledge with the company and direct access to, you know, the director of education and the president. So not only am I supported in terms of my business, but, uh, you know, I have a say in educational opportunities as well. So things that I myself need to know, I can toss that idea to them and be like, Hey, you should really do a webinar on this. You should do, you know, social media posts about this. And they do it. They are so willing and open to any, um, suggestions. So um, kind of backtracking, uh, bringing them on, I started out little by little. Yeah. So don't ever think that you have to jump right into buying, you know, back bar sizes and buying every single product pick like a good 10 or 15 that you can use in every single facial, and then slowly, you know, build your back bar up that way to then the full sizes of products, you never want to waste anything. I was going to say, can I ask what were the some of the like, initial products you started with? Sure. So the mega purifying cleanser, for sure. That's uh, one of the most used in many of their protocols. Um, The gentle facial wash, obviously. I knew I wanted to have a cleanser for a bunch of different skin conditions. So um, I started out with those two to begin. And then I brought on the pre-treatment foaming cleanser for like my clients who have never let anything touch their face. You know, it's a really great gentle cleanser to start them with. Um, And then I brought on the acne uh, cleanser as well. So those were like my first couple cleansers. And then I went and just kind of poked around again on those Facebook groups and started asking questions and everybody raved about the oxygen deep pore cleanser. So that was the only product that I bought a back bar size of because financially it also made sense with how much more you get uh, in the back bar size than the regular size. So um, I brought that on and then I brought on the ultra hydrating enzyme mask the fulvic elixir, you know, these are things that we can use on everybody. So that was what I was um, most worried about. The uh, anti-aging exfoliant mask, the intense antioxidant, uh, the, what was the other one? And the lactic 30. Those were like some of the first ones and the hydrogel that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're naming all my favorites. Okay. And I, I haven't tried any Glymed professional peels actually, Mm. but have you been using those? Oh yeah, absolutely. So the thing that I love about Glymed peels is that they're pretty safe for uh, all the Fitzpatrick's because uh, most of them are buffered. So when working with darker skin or skin of color, using, you know, really low pH peels is no, no. So, um, but you know, you still want the the benefits of using things like a Jesner, which is a great one or a vitamin A peel, which is another one of my favorite. So I love that their peels are buffered. So that means that they don't lose any of the concentration. So, but the power is just kind of brought back. So it's not as aggressive. It's not always going to make the client peel. So I reached out to my rep and I specifically asked her if she'd be willing to give me a zoom training on the peels. And she was more than happy to oblige. So if you're a Glymed user, you totally have the option to do that. Um, You can reach out to your rep and they can give you a one-on-one training. And we sat through and went through every single one of the peels, who can use it, what the peel prep are for each Fitzpatrick for the peels, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. So you 
use your reps to your advantage. I know not every rep is as communicative, but you are the consumer. You are, you know, giving them your money. So you always have the right to reach out and ask for help if you need it. And please, please, please do not ever use appeal if you don't feel confident. That is one of the biggest things I can say. I think we've all seen that peel um, going around oh, on social media. Oh Such my a God. bummer to see. And like, you know, that type oh, of stuff you can't really reverse. It's, it's permanently damaging somebody's confidence or their self-worth. Like it is just don't do it. If you don't feel confident, a client, I can guarantee you will respect you more for not doing that and maybe referring them out to somebody than just going in blindly and hoping for the best. Like don't ever, ever, ever do that. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. And I don't I, I don't want that esthetician to feel shame either. It's just, I mean, it's an unfortunate lesson um that somebody had to, you know, their skin had to suffer uh for that person to learn. And while we are on the topic, do you have any tips for using chemical peels on people of color? Because it's um obviously something you want to ease into and have the prep for, um, but what would your considerations be? Absolutely. Um, so the difference really with skin of color, there needs to be a little more prep involved before they get the peel. So they should absolutely be on tyrosinase inhibitors prior to getting their peel. Um, every line uh, or every brand, their peels are formulated differently. So you do need to check with your brand about you know what products are the tyrosinase inhibitors and what products they should be on prior to getting the peel. This needs to be a conversation that you have with the client. I personally will not do a peel on a person of color if they do not buy the recommended pre-care from me. You know, that's just a no-no. I don't care if you're using other brands, you know, that have vitamin C or, you know, um, Mandelic or any of those other things, I don't care. Like I or Kojic or whatever, I want you to buy the products that I have because that's what works with the brand that I use. Um, a great option if you can't afford, you know, to bring all that stuff in stock. Glymed has drop shipping, which is amazing, and they can buy the trial sizes of it as well, so they don't have to make the huge investment of the full sizes. So I recommend if you're new appeals, having people sign a waiver, even saying that you told them, you know, that there needs to be some prep involved in this. So you're definitely going to want them on a tyrosinase inhibitor. And I always, always, always recommend starting with the most gentle peel you have just to see how their skin's going to react to it. So a great place to start is the oxygen regenerative peel from Glymed, um, if we're specifically talking about Glymed, or the five berry um, pigment control. Like that one is amazing for pretty much anybody to start with. It's very gentle. So definitely want to do a, a quote tester peel for lack of better words uh, before bringing them to anything more aggressive. Oh, okay. And and the prep involved would be, would it be like living cell clarifier, Absolutely. vitamin C? Exactly. Vitamin C wash okay. I usually, or the vitamin C cleanser usually, or the vitamin C cream. Um, living cell, I, always, I use that day and night, even when I'm not getting peels. That's just um, a great one to have. So I'm going to have to look at my little lift over here. Um, the Derma You're me to buy, buy more Glymed, which I don't need, but I want that peel now. Yeah. I've been eyeing it. The Diamond Bright, uh, what's it, Skin Lightener? Yeah, that oh, one's yeah. a great one. Um, yeah, there's a couple of products, but again, Glymed can also send you a list of all the products that they recommend. Oh, they should also be on actives. You know, they need to have used some sort of glycolic or lactic acid prior yes. to getting a peel as well. They can't just go from like CeraVe to you know, 15% TCAs. (laughs) No. Okay. And okay. Can I just touch on something for a second, which is the fact that 
I find and I hear professional products so undermined so often, but then it's like we see these situations where people didn't have the prep for the laser or the intense chemical peel. And it's like, that is just proof enough. We need people on professional products for professional treatments and to have, I mean, to have nice skin in general, but especially if you're going to go for these intense things that can just promote inflammation and and have a risky reaction. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to touch on the importance of prep because I don't think it's um, given enough credit. Exactly. And also like uh, another thing to say to your clients is just because they don't peel doesn't mean that they're getting not getting the benefit of the peel. Um, everybody reacts to peels differently. I've done tons on myself and sometimes I do like have a little shedding or flaking. Sometimes it's like nothing, you know, and it doesn't mean that the, yeah. the efficacy isn't there. The peel is still working. It's still doing its job. So no, you don't need to go back a week later and be like, well, I'm not peeling. Can I get another one? Like absolutely, <laughs> absolutely no. not. And professional products, you know, everything's made to formulate to kind of to together, especially in brands that do carry a wide variety of products. So just uh, emphasize the importance of that to your client. They're coming to you for a reason, for your expert opinion. And you have to build that trust with your clients. This kind of touches back onto building your book and why it's important to reinvest back into your clients. You build a trust with your clients. They won't question you on anything. None of my clients ever question me ever. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying it's like brag, like they just trust me that much that they know I would never steer them away. And I'm always considering people's budgets. I'm always considering their situations. I'm not ever forceful about certain things. I just say, Hey, look, if you can't invest in the peel prep now, like let's just wait a little bit, you know, or maybe buy this one product first next month. You can buy this. You've got to work with people. Um, and you just have to be patient and know that they don't have the same information we do. So don't get frustrated with them when they don't respect your recommendations, just, you know, reassure them and build that trust with them. I also love that you mentioned you encourage or maybe you require people to purchase the prep from you. I think that's a really good point. And some people might not even think of that, but it's just like we don't have the support and the education about the random, you know, vitamin C that Susan, you know, is using, we don't, we, we don't know if it's efficacious enough to work with our products. We don't know when she got it, where she got it. So I think that's really interesting. You pointed, pointed that out. Yeah. It's really for your own protection too, you know, like not even more for anything than that. Like you want to protect yourself. You know, there's certain things like with your insurance, you you know, with peels, like you have to make sure that you are being responsible because you can easily, you know, if something happens to them and you try to put an insurance claim in, there's negligence there. If you didn't, you know, give them the proper information, which is why I recommended for, you know, newer clients, or if it's their first time with you, have them sign something, have them sit there for a second, have them come 15 minutes earlier to read all the information and go through everything everything with you until you feel, you know, more comfortable in your, your personal skills and more confident in your clients, you know, trustworthiness. Yes. Okay. I can tell Julie that you really do your research and you're very like thorough about crossing all your T's and, and just fine tuning. And I think that's really smart, especially as a new business owner, but I think it's going to take you really far. Something else I wanted to ask you about was, okay, CBD, because I think we're seeing, I mean, in the past couple years, I think we've seen a huge emergence of CBD in the beauty space, but 
I think we're now seeing it more in the professional setting. Can you talk about why you love it and what it does for the skin? Absolutely. So I started playing around with CBD when Glymed first came out with their CBD line. So I immediately took their higher education class on that. And honestly, the way that it was described just made so much sense. So then I went down the rabbit hole and started Googling a bunch of stuff afterwards. So um, I'll paraphrase uh, what Sarah, the director of Glymed Education, had told us was pretty much imagine your body is the orchestra. CBD is basically the conductor in that orchestra. So our bodies have their own endocannabinoid system. And yes, I went and asked all of my doctor clients that came in after if that was true. I was like, have you heard of this? And they were like, yeah, like, I just had to, I am a fact checker totally. So um, you totally are. I started doing more research on that. And basically I use that analogy or Sarah used that analogy because CBD kind of keeps everything moving in homeostasis. So that's why it acts as a conductor. It affects so many different parts of your body, which is why it can be taken orally, topically, it can be inhaled. You know, there's so many different methods of delivery of CBD into the system. Now, what sets apart one CBD from another is going to be the quality, how it was sourced, you know, um, and where it's from. So a lot of um, people put hemp on their products. Hemp is not CBD. Like it, CBD derives from the hemp plant, but you know what I mean? Like there has to be a process just like yeah. there's vitamin C in yes. an orange, but you're not going to put an orange on your face and get all of the vitamin C. So it's the same, it's the same <laughs> exact way. Well, you know, with the DIY skincare now, everybody's <laughs> rubbing lemons and tomatoes on their faces. So I don't, uh, I don't know, but, but that's another podcast, but no, totally. The, all CBDs are not created equal. I've had a bunch of people just sending me, um, sending me screenshots or DMs because people are now excited about. Nothing said CBD or hemp extract or anything. And I was very confused. Like it, it was like hemp seed oil or something like that. And I was like, uh, that's not CBD. So definitely read labels and make sure it says CBD on it. Um, but yeah, Glymed has an amazing CBD line. I also won a scholarship for Color Up Therapeutics for their master uh, cannabis and aesthetics course, which was a game changer because they have been, if you do any research on that company, they have been in the CBD game way before it was popular. Um, the owner or one of the founders was a master, or no, sorry, she was a massage therapist. And so she had started using CBD in her practice and also with her dog who was elderly and it was helping her dog. So she has a pet line. They came out with a massage line and then they came out with a pro line for estheticians. So um, they're wow. out in Colorado, which we know is probably a perfect breeding ground for like, you yeah. know, things like plants and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so, you know, it was really awesome. Straight from the source. That course is, exactly. So it was really awesome to take that course and see how it correlated with what I learned from Glymed. So um, benefits of using it in the treatment room, it is extremely calming for your clients that have yeah. very compromised barriers. Um, your psoriasis clients, your eczema clients, your rosacea clients, if you just use CBD, you'll see the inflammation calm down significantly. Um, and if it's good CBD, you can see it right away in one treatment. So I highly recommend uh, looking into CBD yeah. if you haven't. Again, make sure it's from a reputable company, but it's it's definitely something that everybody totally. can introduce into their treatment room and their client's home care. Okay. Have you had the chance to try the new CBD hydrotherapy mask or, or what are your favorites for? Absolutely. I actually got to try it before they even announced it, which was, you know, it's hard to keep that a secret because it was a amazing it is amazing um i it's a very small vial that it comes in or sorry a very small tube that it comes in but 
it stretches a lot and it is so easily cocktailed into almost any of the other mask or treatments, which is why I love it so much. Um, I love mixing it with the ultra hydrating enzyme mask after dermaplaning. OMG, like that is such an amazing <laughs> cocktail. That with a little bit of the daily lift serum in it, mm, girl, like talk about a glow. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to, to dip my toe more into that. Have you had good success treating acne with CBD products? So yes, especially my inflamed acne clients. So I do not proclaim myself, you know, an acne specialist or anything. I know how to treat like grades one and two. I definitely am interested in learning more um, about acne, but you know, I like, it is such a vast world with acne and so many things that we mm-hmm. didn't learn in school. So I definitely want to get into that more when I can oh, yeah. take time to study the higher grades of acne. But when my clients come in and, you know, because of the mask, a lot of people are dealing with inflammation because of the friction constantly on, you know, their blemishes. So they're very inflamed and very red and tender. So that is yes. what I grab absolutely first, the CBD intensive hydro mask. And before that, it was the, the micro silver that I was using a lot of and the CBD oh, yeah. mist. Mm-hmm. Those were some of the products that I love using for uh, inflamed acne specifically. Okay, really good to know. Yeah, I I also have a couple clients who are um, nurses, and it sounds like you have a lot in the medical field. But it is just crazy to see the reactions and just the poor inflammation from those masks, especially the ones that. Um, that nurses wear because they do cause so much friction, unfortunately. Yeah. The paper, more like paperish type ones, they, yeah, they exactly. just dry it out too. It's really bad. So the CBD power bomb is great for that. You can spot treat with that, um, over top of your blemishes as well. And it'll stay under your mask. So it'll keep it nice and hydrated as well. Ooh, love that tip. Good tip. <laughs> okay. Okay. Another juicy topic. MLM slash celebrity lines. I know you recently did an IG live Mm -hmm. talking about that. What are your thoughts, Julie? (laughs) So again, I do not, you know, yuck anybody's yum and I'm not like knocking anybody, but I feel like the issue that we're coming into as professionals, as licensed esthetician, is we're kind of being undermined by some MLM people, you know, who are reaching out to clients and giving all this advice on skincare. They're just kind of stepping out of their lane, which is what I don't like. You know, if like giving clients consults on a brand that one, like, is very general and kind of for all use and then saying, you know, like, let's have a virtual consult when you're not actually licensed to do. So I just think that's like out of your scope and you should kind of stay in your lane a little bit. If clients are interested in those products as they're shopping on your websites and stuff, like that's one thing, but to kind of, I'm seeing this trend of like, oh, I'm a skincare enthusiast or I'm a skincare expert, but nowhere do I see that they're a licensed esthetician. So I'm, you know, I'm sure these companies are giving them training on the products that they have, but you can't properly assess skin if you're not a licensed esthetician. So how are you giving proper recommendations? Um, another issue I've been having is MLM sliding in the DMs, you know, trying to recruit me to work yeah. for them. And again, I just think that's a little inappropriate for my taste. Um, you know, I clearly work with specific brands and I promote yeah. specific brands. So there's no point in trying to, you know, undercut what I'm using. I'm sure there are plenty of clients who don't want to use my professional products that you could sell to as well. Um, celebrity skincare lines now. Is there one in particular you were thinking of or? 
I don't know. I kind of lumped them in together, didn't I? I mean, yeah. And the I think the MLM convo is is different, and there is that tension now between estheticians and um, people in MLMs. And I uh, similarly, I I don't want to diminish anybody's um, pride in their work, anything like that. But I do think it's just going to be interesting to see how things play out in the future as social media and, you know, people who love skincare and are on social media. It's just really interesting to even read those people's comments, which are questions. How can you advise me on this, 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 this skin condition, this product, etc.? And um, yeah, kind of similarly for people in MLMs who, yeah, in order to take their business to the next level, it's no longer just, they're just a retailer. It's them giving advice. And you can't do that without, like you said, analyzing the skin and the the present conditions and having that uh, background and knowledge on skincare. So it's just kind of interesting to see that. that And I mean, you got to think about it. Like imagine if Pantene came out with a skincare line tomorrow, you know what I mean? I I bet people would be a little hesitant to use it because they'd be like, "Uh, is it your thing hair? You know? So it's like everybody just comes out with anything nowadays. And, you know, because it's all about what's popular and social media has made skincare popular, which is both great for us, but also not so great for us because now we're battling people who are just, you know, getting sponsorships from these companies, which is also something you got to pay attention to. so glad that uh, Instagram changed it to where you have to now put when something is sponsored because a lot of people didn't realize that these people were getting paid to promote these products. And I'm sure it's happened to you. I have tons of people, you know, reaching out to me. Hey, can you try my product? Can you become an ambassador for my product? And I'm like, no, you know, you're like, no, it sounds great, but I don't, I don't need that right now. You know, and I, I have my professional products that I have access to professional products that I worked my butt off to get access to, you know, going through school, yes. etc. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, rep for a brand that you could easily go pick up in Ulta or Sephora. Uh, yeah, we. that's a really good point. We got to think about the long-term game and what promoting that particular product um, does to your, I don't want to say your reputation, but kind of your reputation and your standard for products, products you would recommend. If you if you wouldn't actually recommend a product or bring it up in conversation in a console as something that is going to affect change in the skin, because at the end of the day, you're responsible for the results. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what we kind of have to keep in mind as far as the end game. Like it's just not worth it for what $200 and trust me, influencers are, are short ended anyway and short changed. It's just not worth it for 150 bucks or whatever it's going to be. No, I'd rather get that from a client that comes in for a facial and it's going to consistently come back because I used, you know, what I have in my toolbox. So good point. Absolutely. Um, yeah. When it comes to celebrity lines, I mean, okay. What, I mean, I guess there's JLo skincare now there's a new one born all the time. What, what are your thoughts there? 
celebrities are businesses. They are in the business of making money. They get their fame. They use, you know, all of their fans. And obviously they're going to sell to them because we are easy targets. You know, we love them. We love what they represent. And as soon as they come out with anything, we're just like ready to flock to the shelves to support them more. Now, I'm just going to plug this really quickly. Your local estheticians work extremely hard, you know, to get clients and to get people to buy their products from them. Instead of giving your money to people who are already billionaires, why not support your local estheticians who you know for a fact know what they're talking about? You know, are we really going to sit here and pretend like these celebrities don't have access to estheticians? Like, that's what blows my mind the most. <laughs> like, you know, they have an esthetician or a doctor or a plastic surgeon. So, like, I don't think anybody's ignorant to that. So, I don't understand you know the hype around these lines when they come out when that's not their expertise like JLo is not an esthetician Kylie is not an esthetician Rihanna is not an esthetician you know and I'm sure they didn't work with estheticians when they came out with these lines they probably work with cosmetic chemists which is one thing but you know these products have to cost a certain amount they have to be at a certain cost point you know they have to be easily manufactured in bulk so there's definitely some skipping of corners when it comes to quality in terms of you know mass producing these celebrity skincare lines so it's just yeah they're not gonna they might not do anything to your skin but they're not actually helping your skin so what's the point so true yeah I didn't even think about the the fact that these are mass produced like in bulk like heavily like corporate brands Mm -hmm. and yeah uh, JLo isn't an expert on ingredients or skin conditions she she should not be advising you on how to treat your acne and we just we can't think I know it sounds silly but I think we just look at influencers with great skin or celebrities and we think I want that how did how did they get that oh it must be the product in their hand question mark like no no they have a a whole team behind that face and adobe let's not forget that (laughs) exactly not forget the photoshop we all know that that has been a thing since the 90s we everybody knows that things are photoshopped and instagram filters all that stuff like I just don't see how people don't see that. You know what I mean? Like you have to know that these people have a team of people making them look good. Like my makeup artist, when he does my makeup, I'm staring at myself like, wow, like how do my skin look this flawless, you know? So, but I would never lie and say that that's my real skin. I always, I never wear makeup. Like my clients know this. I never wear makeup unless it's for a photo shoot. So you see my raw skin, you see my blemishes when I have them, you see my glow when I've got that. So I try to keep it real with people so they don't think that we're over here just, you know, living in bliss and never getting blemishes either absolutely yeah and I think you know there's a time and place for a filter or whatever and wear the makeup you want but it's interesting you pointed that out because I think we are leaning more towards this era of era of people prefer to see you with your pimple versus, you know, you airbrushed with a filter. They would just rather see the real thing. And sometimes that is a hard reality to to post something when you see an obvious flaw, but I think it's just the way things are leaning toward transparency. And even Instagram just changing so much. I think we started off with this like heavy curated, almost like Pinterest-like thing and it's warped all of us a little bit like when I I don't want to always post a picture of my skin with this wrinkle or that but I think truly it's it's in everybody's benefit and best interest to be transparent because I think that's just what people want nowadays oh yeah people are 
we're over it. Are you hearing me? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I was like, I couldn't tell, but um, <laughs> I think um, people are definitely wanting more real. I think a lot, I think quarantine has honestly done that to a lot of people. We had to, you know, we were stripped of everything that we knew as normal and we've all had to kind of take a look in the mirror at ourselves and think about who we are as people and the way we want to show up in the world once it's, we're able to show back up in the world and social media, you know, was great. Yeah. For a lot of people, it was harmful for some people who, you know, maybe felt like they had FOMO because they couldn't go out as much or whatever. But I think for both of us, you know, I've been following your journey. Like I started listening to the treatment room day one, you know, it's been so transformative for some people and, you know, you, I will give you all the praise, like your podcasts and listening to the, the people that you had featured, it gave me the courage to just go for it. You know, I listened to some really great advice. I would call my partner after I listened to your podcast and be like, oh my God, like this person just said this, that's so brilliant. Like, you know, so it's amazing that we're able to connect with people all over the country now and we're able to reach clients all over the place now too. You know, I see you doing virtual consultations, like that's amazing too. And it's just so nice to be able to connect with people almost in their homes. I know that sounds kind of creepy, but like, we get to see no, people yeah. raw and unfiltered in their spaces right. where you know they're just relaxed and comfortable and we really get to become a part of people's lives and you know I have clients who yes. are just like wow my I've had estheticians reaching out to me asking for advice and you know I don't I'm an expert you know I don't say I'm an expert at all but like I definitely have a lot of knowledge that I want to share and I think um, being able to share that with people and being honest about my journey and not only showing the great parts of it is really important because I know there are people out there like both of us you know who are just trying to figure out where to start yeah yeah and it's just it's okay to be honest about where you are in your journey, like I know I felt a lot of shame when when COVID hit and I didn't feel comfortable with my health, like going back to the treatment room. I was so nervous. I was going to let let so many people down. And um I just felt like I wasn't like a real esthetician in certain regards. But people the good the good ones, which I think is most people will really back you and support you in your next endeavor and your pivot. And that might inspire them to listen to their own um, their own truths if something's not resonating with them anymore and they want to pursue something else. I think just uh, there are so many parts of the human experience we can relate to more when we're all honest. Yeah, it's all about opening your eyes and opening your possibilities. Like, think about the level, or the, rather, I should say, the lack of respect that this industry, you know, used to get back in the day. Like, often on TV, it was portrayed as something that high school dropouts yeah. did. Or, like, uh-huh. my mom, my God, she's still, my mom's still, I talk to you about this all the time. She still can't believe that I'm doing this sometimes. Like, you know, know, like, my sister went on and got master's degrees. My cousins have got, like, multiple degrees. And I was like, I'm not going to law school. I'm not doing any of this. Like, I just want to follow my passion because for me, freedom equals success totally and you know I get to touch yep. people's lives on a daily basis and I don't think there could be a more fulfilling career for me than that because you know I'm not like a huge activist I'm not like super out there you know I'm kind of just like 
you know, I live my life, my, I work with in my little circle, but my, I almost get to be an alter ego when I step on my crown jewel aesthetics page and I get to actually like know what I'm talking about and share that knowledge with people and people respect me. And so I just feel so fulfilled every day when I wake up and this industry is only going up from here. So one thing I always yes. say to people is yes. the more on the same page we all are on and the more we all respect each other and uplift each other, the more clients will respect us. And at, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, I, I got mm-hmm. bills to pay. So I do need to make money, you know? So if I show people yeah. like how important our industry is, they're going to come to you. They're going to start filling your books and then you'll be able to live the life that you want to live. It's so, it's so liberating. Absolutely. And you are a 100% testament to that. And I think there, there is like bounties of money to be made in this industry. <laughs> if, if you can adapt and think outside the box, we are no longer limited to that. Whatever you Google and find for like the typical esthetician salary, I do not think is um, reflective in any way of the broad majority and the opportunities that are available to estheticians now with the internet and social media and just I think people respecting more, I think experts are very much getting their time to shine now with social media. Anybody with an expertise in anything really has, I think, like, you can do whatever you want. Oh my gosh. And like, can I tell you the amount of my, like you said, I work with a lot of healthcare workers. Can I tell you the amount of nurses I've had tell me that they're now interested in this industry because of me, you know, they're all like, I'm going to go take a Botox class. I'm going to learn like, you know, injectables, et cetera. And I love to see it. Like I, they got burnt out. Like my partner's a healthcare worker. I want to say thank you to every single healthcare worker. A lot of estheticians that are dual, you know, nurses and estheticians as well. They got burnt out and abused during the last couple, the last year or so. And, you know, I, know a lot of them are just tired and they're looking for a way out and the fact that I can inspire them and say hey there's there's a place for you here too you know that's that's wonderful that's so wonderful to me because I could never do their job no oh I couldn't either it it takes a a special type of person for sure but I mean that's why we're all attracted to what we're attracted to like we all have an innate ability to care or pamper or or nurture um so I think it's cool that people can just kind of find their thing. And, and I want everyone to feel that that they are called to do what they want to do. And the to have the freedom to be able to do that is really, really incredible. Um, Julie, what would one piece of advice be for new estheticians listening? Maybe something, if you could tell your younger self a piece of advice, what would that be? Ooh. Um, (laughs) so many things, but I I would definitely tell my younger self to maybe two. Okay. I'm going to say two things. They're two small things. Go for it. Focus on yourself. I cannot emphasize that enough because if social media fails, you know, MySpace we thought was never going to go away. If Instagram goes away one day, if Facebook goes away one day, you're going to be all you have left. So focus on building your skill sets first and foremost. Do not worry about running and opening a business. Take that money, invest it back into your education, Mm. invest it back into, you know, great product lines and you will, everything will start to fall in place. Like I can't, I still cannot believe that I'm, you know, 
a spa owner. Like that just sounds so crazy to me because it seems so, so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Like I couldn't even, like I tell my clients all the time, they're always like, Julie, this is amazing. And I'm like, this is happening. Like what? <laughs> so like, you know, just yes. focus on yourself and everything will just start to fall into place and people will support you. Um, and two, do not go broke because of this. If you do not have your personal finances together, I do not recommend opening a business yet. Like it will just get you in a hole. You'll start trying to take out loans and stuff. Only spend what you can afford to lose. That's that's a huge okay. piece of advice. <laughs> no, I think we all needed to hear that. I think that is perfectly said. And honestly, congrats to you, Julie. I know, okay, first off, I'm so proud that a, you, um, we'll have to have you back and talk more about how you took the leap and and established your whole business. But the fact that you did it under these circumstances is incredible. And I know that it's just only going to be bigger and better from here. Yeah. I and easier. So. <laughs> Same yes. for you, girl. I'm so excited for your line. I need some of those uh, under eye pads. I keep looking at them. <laughs> I know they're so good. You got to get out. Tell us where can everybody find you if they're um, interested in finding you on social media or, or booking a facial or a service with you. Sure. Um, so my Instagram handle is crown jewel underscore underscore, excuse me, aesthetics without the A, just the regular E spelling. And my website, which I'm actually about to launch my new one right after I get off with you is www.crownjewelaesthetics.com amazing perfect i will put all of that in the notes so you guys can find it thank you so much julie for coming on and just saying yes to this and sharing all of your knowledge and expertise i think the world of you and i'm just so lucky to to call you a friend so thank you yes i gotta get out to cali soon that needs to happen absolutely my door is always open and kick my boyfriend out of the bed and <laughs> sleep on the couch so you can have her bed but you're welcome anytime thank you so much julie for coming on and thank you guys for listening i will talk to you in the next episode